spectacular. Shafi, Shafi, are you there? If you've received an invitation to listen to this podcast, you're probably one of my very close friends. So, uh, so enjoy that. Night has fallen once again over the hill country here outside of Austin, Texas. Inside of Austin, Texas, technically. The hill country is outside of Austin, Texas, but Austin is inside of the hill country in Texas. But also there are hills in Austin that are part of the hill country. So Austin and the hill country are truly one and the same, if uh, if I'm doing the math correctly. and. It is after sundown, so night has indeed fallen on it. Looking at about 9, nine o'clock, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, uh, in our concern tonight on One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. We are interested in the fact that it is 10 o'clock Eastern Time. For joining us tonight, we have our old friend Larry Wilderness. We'll introduce him in just a minute. Really exciting to have him on the air. Uh, but first... Let's chat with this guy. You know him, you love him. He is the pride of Topanga, California. He is the man inside two garages. He has mandibles like the predator. He's Matthew Rampy. The world was on fire and no one could save me but you. It's strange what quarantine will make foolish people do. I never dreamed that I'd start podcasting with you. I never dreamed that we'd have super fans like we do. Oh, I want to start the show. With a little song parody. And ladies and gentlemen, that song parody was penned by none other than field correspondent Dickie Hall. So we had a... (laughs) Oh, wow. If anybody wanted to know, it, t- it took 76 uh, podcasts for me to run out of song parodies. But luckily, <laughs> out of the blue, Dickie had something swimming around his head that he texted me. So, <laughs> Nice work, Dickie. Thanks, Dick. What a fun one. What a great song. I love that song. I uh, butchered it, too. So I don't... Oh, no. I thought you well, sounded great. That's not, not an easy song to do. I thought you sounded great. Sometimes when I have my headphones like on, I can't really hear myself. And I spend most of the cast with one headphone off so that I can hear myself. Yeah. And, uh, I, I realized as I was trying to hit that high note that um, I couldn't uh, hear my pitch at all. So you're welcome. You, uh, one you magical it, you universe. Thanks. Thanks. You made it. Welcome to episode 77. Holy moly. Uh, how are you doing? I was going to, I'm doing, doing great. I'm really excited to uh, still kind of 
feeling a little bit of bit of a high from our Rachel Schuchert interview. That was so sure, much fun. Sure. Yeah, it was had like her, a club. It was like a club of some sort. Trapped in a hotel room in Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. How awesome was that? Wish we could get all of our, wish we could get all of our guests guests trapped inside hotel rooms for quarantine purposes because that would be that'd be very useful i think <laughs> and safe it would be safe for everybody they have to be they're they're very focused she was very focused only on us and she was ready to just chat all night long too <laughs> like, there was nothing else going on in that hotel room it was perfect yeah right and so much no so much fun no distractions when you're a podcaster and guest folks I'll tell you about that Rachel conversation too. Like, we are just barely scratched the surface of all the sh- stories I think we could get out of Rachel. So, we should definitely have her back on at some point. I would love a part two, but I mean, how else? How are we ever going to replicate that scenario? You're right. We'll have to wait for the next pandemic. It was her. It was her thirteenth day of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. She got out the next day. Yeah. What a fantastic episode we have for us and for y'all because we're recording it. Uh, like Schaefer mentioned, we have a special guest. You know him. You love him. He's Larry Wilderness. Oh, wait, let me, uh, let's get him. Larry, I believe your mic is live. Hello, gentlemen. Oh wait! A, people are people are saying to themselves, "Who's this Larry Wilderness?" That sounds like Alex Battles. <clears throat> Indeed. I want to. I want to know. I want to know more about Larry Wilderness, though. Is that just a? Is that just a nom de guerre, or is that? Um, does that have some significance? Are you guys in on a joke that I'm not in on? Do you have a beat for ye old word shop? Oh, I do. Uh, I made a special one. Oh, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Schaefer, look up Gnome de Guerre so we can yield workshop that. (laughs) Alex, how are you this evening? I'm doing all right. You don't have to lie to us. You don't have to lie to one magical universe. (laughs) (laughs) Gnome de Guerre is, just as it sounds, uh, just like a gnome de plume. Gnome de Guerre is an assumed name under which a person engages in combat or some other activity or enterprise. It's your war name. It's your your war podcast face. Larry Wilderness. It's uh, the... The example it gives is, some gave themselves fierce noms de guerre, like Rambo. <laughs> well, I was going to say nom de plume, but I, then I, I thought that wasn't right. That wasn't exactly what I was trying to say. So. Nom de guerre it is. That's why I wanted clarification on the yield workshop of nom de guerre. So there, let's count our segments tonight. Segment number one, we did a yield workshop. Let's just let's just get a count up. I I want to get a chart that has all of our segments on it, and they're on uh, laminated cards that have uh, <laughs> the, the the board is felt, and they're on laminated cards with Velcro on them, 
and we rearrange the the segments for each for each show in our in, we doing in our war room are we shooting for 77 segments for episode 77 in our room de guerre <laughs> um yeah i think that's about right i felt in in, in our I've, in our room de guerre i've got a few i've got a, i've got a few in my hip pocket you need and, a pair of hedge clippers behind you i could get that set up you don't for think you. i would i would you don't think that would be too obvious uh, it, it needs a little obviousness right now it's currently too. We don't need to d- dwell on the obtuseness of the garage. Uh, I I feel like it's well I believe, documented. I believe the word is obtusity. The obtusity, <laughs> right? Right. Okay, so segment one was Yield Workshop Gnome Daguerre, and it was a uh, well played. And it was a an unplanned segment. It was a, a spontaneous. Yield workshop, even though I had a beat prepared. Good. When Larry, when, when Larry Wilderness gets involved, the plans go out the window. That's true. That's true. Everyone's in trouble. It oh, something me that of his first appearance. Uh, since the, uh, since all, one idea I had for us is any uh, any of these nights where Alex is on for an extended visit. I was thinking at the beginning of the show, we should do the extended version of the theme song. And that way people are like, oh, the extended, they're like, oh, sweet. The extended version of the theme song is playing. That means Alex is going to be on night. I think that the issue there is that um, people are going to be like, oh, I thought it was always the extended version. I, (laughs) I I got some show notes from my sister and her one, her actual one show note was, it takes like three minutes before y'all ever start talking. <laughs> <laughs> but we could do that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not shooting down that idea entirely. It's more like it's a minute. It's about a minute and twenty seconds. The well, version we use, but you're talking about the six minute version. Yeah. No. I, it's about a minute and twenty seconds until someone start, starts oh, talking. Oh, right. Because right, the yes. Alex is. Alex's version is exactly one minute long, and then I usually give it about ten seconds after the after the drop. Right. Okay, so right. this brings up a this brings up my very first. This is the next segment. Can I leave? Can we go to the next segment? I, I yeah segment. I, two. I think this segment is production meeting, which is a popular segment. On We're going program. into the next segment. The next segment is called cues. For the J. Oh, cues for the J. So cues for the J is what you what we want to imagine is that what what's the J episode by the way? Uh, The one where we spoke to him about cues from the J. Yeah, that one. I'm gonna look it up while you guys continue talking. Anyway, so. As we'll get the number of the episode for 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 that legendary episode where you guys talked about Moby Dick, right? So, you know, I kind of imagine him kind of in a sort of a a dusty office overlooking a little town square, you know, where he says they suck the oil out of the ground, and I see him kind of as this like 
kind of Sam Spade character. Like, I never would have thought this person would walk in and ask me this question, you know? So I kind of imagine these, these questions, like, I'm Jeff, but I'm not going to imitate him at all because that would be a disservice to humanity. But I am going to just imagine that I am him as I say the question. So this is cues for the J, but you have to imagine him as the hero of his own Raymond Chandler kind of kind of novel. He's the right? hero of this podcast, so it's not hard to imagine. <clears throat> so question one, he would come in and he would say, uh, it was it was a hot day in a town where they they sucked a lot of money out of the ground. <laughs> uh-huh. And fella came in and he says, you know, I've been listening to this podcast, you know, and I was I really liked it, you know. I like the podcast. So I went on the Twitter and I told people, I said, you gotta listen to this podcast. You guys still there? I can't hear you anymore. Yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're yeah. there. We're here. And it says, "This is the one I like. The one that Gracie's on. That's a great episode. I'm going to tell all my friends on the Twitter. I'm going to go listen to the Gracie episode. This is great. Yeah. And I go back and I listen to the beginning of it. I go, what sounds different? So this is my question for the J, is that what sounds different between episode 38 and episode 40? Episode 63 is the questions from, questions for, questions from Jeff with Jeff. But it was actually episode 62, Right. but I had, accidentally recorded myself at a much higher level through that whole interview and it, it was all on one track and so i went through cutting and isolating myself and turning myself down which mm. i'm sure people would wish i would do in real time but um so so there's so a little bit of a big software change around 62 was that was that what was going on there no it was just a rando uh my microphone got turned way up the way you asked that question, Alex, made it seem rhetorical. Well, see, this is, <laughs> this is the sample. This is the sample rhetorical cue for the J. I know the answer okay. to this question. I could use his forensic help in solving the question. I see. Um, but, you know, the answer, he would say, is, and I noticed that there were six freaking seconds missing from the theme song between those two episodes. And what happened there? Did that actually happen? I'm so confused right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> the beginning of the theme song got lost around episode uh, 39. Is that right? Yeah, it got shorter by like six seconds. Well, uh, and is so that because of a change? Is that because of a change you made, Alex? No. No, oh. just all of a sudden your file got shorter somehow. Huh. 
Question number two. Wait, wait. That sounds more like an accusation than a question. <laughs> no, this is Did our of... file get shorter? Huh. You mean you mean no, this? You mean I'm, the song? I'm wait, was, I'm not saying it was malicious, but I'm saying that the fi- <laughs> that the theme song's cut off now. You mean it starts six seconds into the theme song? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, or like, or three, but it's it's noticeable to me. Okay. Well, I <laughs> there's gosh, a difference. I did not know. I'm so sorry. I'm, pretty I'm sure, sure. I can make that correction. I'm pretty I'm, sure. I, I'm using like a template of a sequencer, and I'm sure I just it accidentally got slid over at some. Point. I think it must have gotten slid over at some point. Well, you so, could have just emailed it about it. <laughs> emailed us no, about I, it. You, I, didn't, you I, didn't have to call us out on the program in some kind of gnome de subterfuge. This is content, baby. Yeah, okay. What do you want from me? Okay. You call me today. No, you're I right. I got to be on the you're show. Right. The right. show is about the show. Right. Something is wrong with the show. I'm involved with the something which is wrong with the show. This is the first time I had to talk to you, okay? I'm so sorry, Alex. That is a huge oversight amongst uh, amongst a pantheon of oversights. It's 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 fine. It's got a it's got a certain euro Whatever I I you know, uh, question two, which is I don't know I don't know maybe just one Q for the J even though it's rhetorical though I don't know so this is an actual Q for the J just to be clear <laughs> so the actual Q for the J is that as you gentlemen know I don't know if I mentioned this my my buddy the Jug Man and I have a jug band called the Unamericana Jug Band where we only play music <laughs> from any country other than. America. So our idea is to take the jug band idiom and then focus it on places that have already reinterpreted American music once in some way, or or maybe not even been touched by it. Who knows? And uh, that this was occasioned by my buddy the jug man finding <laughs> finding a keyboard on the street, and we, you know, he said a, a free instrument is a free instrument. We will start this on Americana jug band. So we've had two performances and we've performed eight songs and we think this is the cue for the jack we think that the eight songs we have performed in some way represent the first six characters that ishmael meets in moby dick and we wondered if he had any thoughts on that I see your the, the format that you're using for your questions is a lot different than the cues from the J. That throws me a little bit because there's a huge setup, and then like Schaefer said, it it's unclear if it's an actual question or just some, a thought provoking <laughs> segment. Avocado reviews: the mystery of DB Cooper. Did wait, you guys wait, see wait, this? Wait, wait, wait. I want to wait. I want to dwell on this for just a moment. Okay, go ahead. This ju- the jug band like ring cycle of characters by by starring in order of appearance in in Moby Dick. Right. What are what some of the songs you guys do? Alex, give us an example of one of the songs. Well, the first song that we performed, the the reason we thought this was kind of spooky was <laughs> We've been talking about putting on something, you know, you know, this Mel- Melville in various uh, formats. And <laughs> is there the a Queequeg f- song? I'm sorry. Well, well, that yeah. There, well, this is the thing. That's the question. Um, 
the songs that we've done so far, the first one we do is Wandering Stars by Portishead, which is interestingly the first other person who speaks in the book, other than Ishmael saying, call me Ishmael, is he wanders into this church. And the preacher is preaching that verse that's also in that Portishead song. And we went, whoa, that's interesting. Let's see if ever, what else would line up in some way, you know. And so we did various songs by various uh, people, you know. And at some point we said, you know, because it's like a British kind of, you know, we do pop songs that we just knew when we were kids. We said, you know, the Beatles are like our white whale. We keep trying to find a Beatles song to cover. And we're like the only band that can't find a Beatles song to cover and has every excuse to cover one. So that, I think, was the comment that occasioned us saying, just looking this up and seeing this weird thing about Portishead using the same verse that's in Moby Dick, that's the first person. And then they all kind of lined up. I forget. I think Queequeg is actually the Bee Gees, you know. So <laughs> Obvi. we thought... We thought that that lined up well, and that we'd found this out, you know, we didn't plan this. It was just, you know, so, you know, we do eight songs, and they're, uh, but anyway, they're all on the Facebook page, so. Quick, like like the Brothers Gib are both from far off islands? Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, thank you for the Isle of Man. I'm glad that you didn't just say that and just try to go on. Because that was that I needed. We needed to unpack that just a little bit. That's fine. That's okay. fine. Okay, that's fine. You're, I'm here for you. You really I'm here are for you. You really are here for us, man. I gotta I'm say, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I feel like Schaefer and I put a lot of energy into the podcast, and if we didn't have support, and, and I really, our producer emeritus are like the driving force behind it. You know, uh, right, Schaefer? Yeah. And and uh, uh, very generous guests, which you know right. Alex is, Alex is both of those things. Right, that is true. Uh huh. Okay. Just lucky. To, I'm just happy to be here. Happy to be here, gentlemen. We I think you were transitioning to another segment when I asked you to rewind and go back to the jug band well did you guys have anything i'm i've been monopolizing things why don't you talk you haven't said words go ahead i have a business idea yeah i have a business idea is this a a segment (laughs) a business idea sure you can call it a segment (laughs) if you want Instead of Shark Tank, we should call this Cephalopod Tank. <laughs> Hello, I like welcome. that a lot. Welcome to Cephalopod Tank. Where well, you might get a massage, and if you take ecstasy, you're going to get high. We're not here to we're not here to to tear apart your idea with our teeth, or we're not we're not here to fund your idea either. We're just here to think with our thinking machines about your idea. I'm just here to change colors with my mood. Like a cephalopod. Yeah. My business idea is was to have on a beach in Southern California have like a fish taco stand slash bar, uh, you know, but cabana style on the beach, and 
but it's also a yoga studio. Like you do beach yoga, and it's called Sandy Ego. <laughs> like the okay. words Sandy S A N D Y space Ego E G O. But it, but it also sounds like San Diego. That's really where the oh. idea started. <laughs> Wait, was the business was the business in San Diego? Uh, just in the general area, yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, yeah. That could it could be in La Jolla. <laughs> I I think that's uh, fantastic. I think it's a little regional, right? Like yeah, maybe so. You, this isn't one of those like work remotely kind of businesses, right? No, this is definitely a post-COVID business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you can get fish tacos and beer and do yoga. That I mean, is... I think Brene is going to sell you every one of those franchises. I'm, I'm up for that, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think you want to do it in this order. Yoga, got the fish tacos, and then beer. <laughs> Sandy Ego. You really want to do yoga on an empty stomach. You don't want to have a bunch of beer sloshing around in your belly when you're yogaing. Oh, that's right. You're a devotee, Matthew. Can you tell us about your practice at all? Do you care to share on that topic? I am continuing to practice yoga just uh, online. Um, I, I actually can't imagine my life without yoga now. <laughs> I, I think... An important part of moving forward is continuing to do that. What a great that. thing. It's not one of, it's one of those things that you hear about and people are really excited about it and you think, yeah, you know, that thing. But I, I think it's actually pretty transformative. It, here's my thing. I like meditation, but I don't like sitting still. And the most i think the most important part of yoga is the breathing and if you if you sat even if you just sat in one place and did that breathing for 40 minutes or 50 minutes that's going to uh alter your state improve your elevate your mood <laughs> help you zone in you know but when you when you mix it with the movements uh it's like you actually you're like moving your body and putting your lungs into a position that they're not usually in your organs are like pushing on your lungs and then you're taking these deep breaths. I think you can actually, you're getting oxygen into parts of your lungs that, that you weren't before. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm still really digging it. I have had terrible back problems in my life and, uh, I think my I think the yoga is really helping me with that. So that so that's a big uh, motivating factor for me. Also, like I'm, I've always wanted to. I'm always done like you know exercisey things. I used to go to the gym in the before time, and that's all gone. So yoga's been a nice substitute thing. That's just like I liked the gym because it would be like I would go and do this set of things, and I didn't have to really think about it. Yoga's kind of like that too. Like you go into a class. And you just like follow the instructor. It's all kind of stuff 
you know, movements that you get to know, and then they just get put together in different ways, and you don't have to think, and you're just breathing. I don't know. It's great. So, yeah, I shared yoga. Was that a segment? Share yoga because nobody cares. <laughs> Let's call that segment Nobody Cares. I have wanted... I have wanted to know more about your yoga practice ever since you mentioned it very early in the show. Well, you know, I... This is why you pay me all the big bucks. I started with uh, Adrian, Yoga with Adrian. She's a a local Austin yoga. Yeah, she's great, isn't she? She's great because you can get on her YouTube channel and start small. Like, she's got a ton of practices that would just be 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Because when you're doing it at first, like, it's hard. It's hard to build up to, like, a full class. But now I'm into, like, power yoga. And I I've, I'm, I still use Adrian's channel. I really should pay for more of her content at this point. I think, I think once you get to a certain level, you got to pay for more advanced stuff. But then I've, lately I've just been putting power yoga into YouTube. And there's all these like 25 to 30 minute power vinyasa classes, which is very. Uh, Wait, Alex, effective. you really you really do know about Adrian in Austin? Yeah, I you know. know about, I, you know about her? I, yeah, no, like I talked to Man, Manish actually took from her, didn't he? I met somebody at your brother's. I'm sorry. Where's my microphone? Oh, wait. Am I muted? No, we can no. hear you. Nope. You can hear me? Sorry. I put my microphone down. I was working on something. Uh, no I thought I thought Manish actually took a class from her locally. I, I thought I spoke with him about it. I, I spoke with somebody at that wedding that they had said, oh, I actually took from her. Like when she was still in a studio at the, you know. Huh. Okay. Yeah, but she's gotten, her, her YouTube channel's gotten quite popular. Oh, huge! She was she was written up in the New York Times, and right. I uh-huh. I I did the thirty days, I did the thirty days with her one year, and it was it was a it was a legendary experience in my life. Still, I feel like I that was the year I climbed Mount Rushmore. I, I got to get back into it. So that's why I wanted to hear about you because I did that thirty day thing once, and it was great. It was like she the way she just like walked you up this hill. You didn't even realize you were really going up it, yeah. and then like. It was like day 28 and she, I was like balancing on my elbows or something in this way that I was like, if you told me you were going to have me do this, I never would have said I'd do it. And she just, she didn't even, it was just like, now do this. And you were like, what, wait, what's going on? So yeah, that's, uh, it's very neat stuff. That's why I wanted to hear more about your practice. I I think that in the before time, I, I knew some yogic stretches and I would kind of do those when I would go to the gym, but I think that I didn't learn because I don't like going to classes for stuff, right. you know, like I, I was resistant to that. I feel very that. self-conscious in classes. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I mean, I still, I, I would feel more comfortable going now, I guess, but that still doesn't appeal as much to me as like being by myself. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we have, uh, I, I think that's a great segment. Nobody cares, and we'll 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 never do that again. <laughs> okay. Somebody, somebody cared. Alex cared. He asked. So, so yeah, far, please stop stop dissing stop dissing your guests. That's what that's what killed Dennis Day. Contempt for the audience. 
<laughs> so we've had Yield Workshop. This is the first I've heard of Dennis Day. That Jay's for the Q. Oh, that no, is Q. a that is a oh. quote from a Saturday Night Live sketch. The Sinatra Group. Dennis uh, Dennis Day is a is a former Mouseketeer. Yep. Radio, television, and film personality and comedian of Irish descent. Yeah, he was the singing star on, I think, the Jack Benny program, right? And did he he had a show of his own? I don't know. It's there's a there's a there's a Phil Phil Hartman sketch where Phil Hartman plays it's like during the time when the mclaughlin group existed and it you know that morning yeah. tv show where all these columnists would yell yeah. at each other wrong but it's, but it's oh that, i like the reverb uh I it's steve lawrence part. steve lawrence and edie gourmet uh sinead o'connor billy idol uh luther campbell those are the people on the sinatra group and uh that's what he says to Billy Idol. He says, contempt for the audience. That's what killed Dennis Day. <laughs> I remember that sketch. I won't sketch. ruin it. I, yeah, I won't ruin it anymore. But it's, uh, I, uh, I remember that sketch. I love that you um, referenced it. I'm glad that you clarified, though. I don't think I would have. I, I don't think I would have remembered that. Shafi, what are you reading over there? I'm trying to learn teach myself really quickly about discrete field theory okay we'll come back to that that'll be the next segment all right <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be wrapped up in our uh in our news cruise it looks like we have an extended oh, news cruise tonight oh boy so we've had we've had <laughs> yield workshop we've had q for the j we've had cephalopod tank <laughs> we've had nobody cares it. Nobody and cares. what if, did we just have another one? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. We had obscure reference theater. Oh wait, what's the beat for Schaefer playing his his TV screen? That makes me think of Linus in uh, in Peanuts. That's what I always imagined him playing whenever I saw him playing the piano. Except Linus was a big Beethoven guy, wasn't he? Was Linus the one who played the piano? No, Schroeder. Schroeder. Big Beethoven guy. What's that old standard called, Alex? This is Beethoven. Uh, oh, it is it's Beethoven. Called, okay. It's called Fur Elise. Oh, Fur Elise, right. And we play that at our house sometimes. <laughs> That's what I imagine Schroeder playing when I see him playing the piano and peanuts. It's one of those things that kids learn early in the process. He wrote it for one of his students. He was in love with one of his students, supposedly. Somebody he was teaching how to play the piano, so he wrote it for her, you know, to learn. So that's why it's supposedly simple. 
and this is the demo version that happens to be on my keyboard. I just hit that button accidentally, but that was fun, huh? <laughs> it, was, it was lovely. What was her name? We, you should have just. You're let, saying you yeah. should have just let me think. You should have just let me think you were playing it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I ruined it. Damn it, That's Mouse. Right. <laughs> Never again with you. Seriously. <laughs> Battles, you are fired from this podcast. Damn it. Guys, can I put to rest something that's been plaguing me for a number of episodes now? Say what? This has been, it's been plaguing us all. This has been following me around. This has been a real, real monkey on my back. I don't know. We uh, we owe a really we owe a really big debt of gratitude to Matthew Rampey uh, and his audio engineering s uh, skills. Well, wait a second! Because... Wait a second! I chopped off the I chopped off the theme song between episode thirty nine and forty. All right, maybe that's true. That? that is not what I'm giving you gratitude oh, okay. for. I'm giving you gratitude for something else that doesn't have anything okay, to do with yeah. it. I'm giving you. I would like to give you gratitude for you. You might have noticed a few minutes in the last episode when I was flustered because I couldn't find a note from Miss Ferguson about the Falkland War, <laughs> and uh, and I I was uh, I was really driving myself crazy and winding myself up. And I w what I would like for everyone to know <laughs> about that segment is that. Alex cut 10 minutes out of that. I mean, sorry, Matthew. Matthew cut 10 minutes out of that. So everyone, everyone should just stop for a moment and be thankful for Matthew Rampey and his skills because he took 10 minutes out of Shafee desperately trying to find the Falkland Wars note from Miss Ferguson. Shafee. According to... Uh, According to a request from Matthew, I found it, I put it aside, I put it in the show notes, and I'm going to read this to you, and it could be the last time that we ever say the words Falkland Island Wars on this Wait, show. And before you do that, just to be clear, it wasn't entirely altruistic, because while you were fumfering around looking for the thing, I started vamping, and the things I was saying were really embarrassing, so... Um, <laughs> I wish I could remember. I, I started talking about my therapy, and it got really squidgy. And I'm sure that uh, it, it was it was a mutually beneficial cut. I mean, the real takeaway is that I am actually editing the show sometimes. Okay, Miss Ferguson's assessment of TF of the Falkland Island Wars. Thank you for that intro music, Alex. Okay, go ahead. Are you? Yeah. No, no, that's all right. Go ahead. I can take a hint. Miss Ferguson's assessment of the Falkland Island Wars. I remember the Falkland War as a slow motion conflict. The Iron Lady dispatched a warship from Britain, which took many days to arrive in the South Atlantic. Fears built up and war drums thrummed until the ship arrived and everyone gave up and went home. Wow, that is a succinct assessment. Wait. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed that. I like that it has the phrase, war drums thrummed. Was that the Ferguson Files? Yeah, Ferguson Files. Yeah, another uh, another segment there for you. 
We're on, we've, we're six segments in. If anybody's, you counting. guys know the you guys know the the Elvis Costello song "Shipbuilding." It's got a really no. beautiful solo no. by Chet Baker. Yeah, that that's that's like a really that's a song about uh, the Falcon Islands War and how it's like a really sad. It's it's my favorite. I'm not an Elvis Costello fan really, but that is that's the Elvis Costello is the song I listen to constantly. Really, and it's really about the Falkland Island yeah, War. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and it's about it's about like um, it's a beautiful song. Um, I will I will describe it even less than a Saturday Night Live sketch because I hold it in high regard. The uh, a very good friend of mine who I, <laughs> I once had the pleasure of DJing with um, back in the day, as we say in the ad biz, uh, he introduced me to the song, uh, "The Bird of Prey," and uh, so. Uh, he was like, this is the Chet Baker solo. Chet Baker is on that song. Um, it's a beautiful song. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's about the fucking Lions World. So check that song out, and then you guys can... Th- this segment is now called The Falkland Islands, because it's, 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 it's interesting. There's also a subplot about the <laughs> Falkland Islands in... And there's a there's a few like good like British indie movies set in the eighties where it's like it it was like people were getting going to this strange conflict that it didn't seem that it was necessary. Um. So there we go. I can't remember. <laughs> now I wonder why the Falklands first came up on this podcast. <laughs> well, I I had said something about it. This, and and you said yeah. that's funny you mentioned that because I was going to describe you as a veteran of the Falkland Islands War. That's right. <laughs> I was, I, but I can't remember what I was originally commenting on. And then I was yeah I was worried that that would be offensive to the memory. I mean, of actual. And then I was wondering, were there any you know? Yeah, I think it was a great. But anyway, thanks. Thanks to Ellen Ferguson for uh, for putting that to rest. Now we can move on to the Bay of Pigs. Uh, oh, I can do, I can I can do that one. You want me to do the Bay of Pigs? What? Wait, wait. Let's let's first talk about what we're going to call this segment because I think like niche skirmish. What do you think about that? For, uh, for... I think it should be. Uh, uh, Ellen Ferguson's uh, emails emails uh, title was uh, email subject line was stupid, oh, stupid wars. wars. Okay, but I mean that's kind of, oh yeah, I like that. Hey, you know, I, I just feel like uh, next time on Stupid Wars, the Bay of Pigs. Oh wait, <laughs> I have to find that because we are. Because we already did Grenada. Their computer. I have to find that song to play again. Did we do Grenada? And the, did, did we talk yeah, about that's, that? Was the one that I that was the one I found last time? One that I thought was I thought was Ellen's email about Falkland Wars turned into be Ellen's email about Grenada. All right, no more presets, Alex. You could play us music, <laughs> but no more presets on your thing, man. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's I ain't, I I ain't gonna argue it. I ain't gonna argue it. 
Reagan's War. That was the invasion of Grenada. I thought it was for certain military men to have conflict experience to put oh, on their right, resume. Right. Yes. <laughs> but we didn't really, we didn't really another, delve into the particulars of that war. Another succinctly, succinctly summed up conflict by Ellen Ferguson. What would we do without her? Six, seven. We're on seven here, guys. Let's go for eight. Seven for 77. I believe in it. I believe in it. Um. Uh, funny, funny little things that I read about this week. Oh, wait. Is this the news cruise? No, well, not oh, quite. Okay. 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 I was, I was reading about. I was reading about the extinction of large mammals, specifically mammoths. Find us on and I feel like it would, <laughs> I feel like it would be really cool to have mammoths around. But I also learned that when mammoths went extinct, several species of mammoth ticks also went extinct. And man, I am really happy that I don't have to worry about a mammoth tick biting me when I go walking around in the woods. Seems like a mammoth tick might be too big for a human. I don't know. <laughs> I would want not want to be bit by one, let me tell you. Or whatever it is that ticks do to you. I don't know. Maybe they don't bite you. Are, Are the ticks the one that burrow down in? Um, that's scabies. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ticks might do that too. I think ticks just latch on. Yeah. Uh, R I P T I C K. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that is sad. That is a sad story. I'm sad for the mammoths and the ticks. Yeah. Speaking of ticks, what about these lunatics um, on this podcast? <laughs> I saw a brief news story that was talking about uh, how Biggie Smalls. Mother raised him on Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings, which I thought was super cool. Wow. Is that true? That's what she said. <laughs> okay. I'm not, and then we did. That's what she said. Okay, I had a I had an idea for a segment earlier today. Let me think. Um, oh yeah, dealing with disappointment. Okay, I love it. I want to talk to you guys about this topic. Larry, you first. Um, how do you how do you how do you deal with disappointment when something really? Punches you in the throat. How do you handle it? I handle it. Yeah. Um, with, with cords? Uh, <laughs> usually not well, I think. Um, I, <laughs> Thank you for your candor. Certainly not with yoga and meditation. Um, but, you know... Uh, I guess one thing I would say is, <laughs> you know, like, there's one day 
I feel like life is like, there's one day, you know, like every time I would go to the, the you know, the, the, the deli, the grocery store, the bodega, whatever, I would always come out with like at least one candy bar to like reward myself for going to the grocery store. You, know? you like sweets? Yeah, yeah, sure, you know. Um, but then like one day I went to the grocery store and I went, wow, I didn't get a candy bar, you know. For me, that's like, there's, it's in, I read it in a book somewhere. I feel like it was a Dalai Lama book or something. It was somewhere, I read it. you could look it up, you could find it. I feel like the Dalai Lama said it. Somebody asked him, what's the, what's the key to life or something? Or maybe it's in my Buddha book, I don't know. But, and he says, renounce and enjoy, you know? Did you guys leave right when I told you the secret of life is renouncing? No, no. Oh, they, no. Um, so anyway, I, I feel like I feel like when when Matthew pauses his microphone, it changes the sound. You're still going. It sounds so I, like uh, it cuts out. It the sounds sound like waterfalls over here. I am so sorry. We I, I have a sound issue. Um, we'll be is working it, on it, folks. <sighs> Is it in my channel? No, no, it's my the the computer and the garage fridge and the boiler. They all make noise. I'm in an imperfect scenario. I'm using a different microphone. It's. I'm sorry, everyone. And and none of this ends up in the final recording, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, I mean, I I was or at least I was not, not much of it. <laughs> I was hearing it, but. Okay, but it's, it doesn't sound the same though. It sounds different. Renounce and enjoy. Is that like lessening your desires? I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, that it's like it's like when when the thing comes to you that would the material thing comes to you that would assuage your grief temporarily. See what it feels like to renounce it like let it go somewhere else let it let that go to somewhere else in the universe renounce and then enjoy the pleasure of the renunciation of the material um so like in general i feel like that is i i think like the best way to look at disappointment is is to be like renounce and enjoy you know um I guess that's what I would say. You know, do I do that well? No, no. Schaefer <laughs> talked to me the other night. I, I'm sure, but I know that had nothing to do with disappointment. That just had to do with, um, you know, this the life stuff that everyone's dealing with. Perpet I I had this jar of jam that I decided that you know that jam would be no more. So, this jam jar and I had it out, you know. I I suffered some disappointment recently, and I uh, was I was angry at the desire. I was like, why did I want that so bad? And then it didn't happen. And then, right, you know, like, oh, oh. But I I'm not. I wouldn't say I handle it well either. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you broached that subject first. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough it's tough when you think something's gonna happen that doesn't happen or um or things just don't go the way you planned 
and then you get to see yeah. Definitely. I definitely handle things differently than you guys. I just smear positivity all over it and try to, you know, try to, I try to silver lining everything and try to, you know, move on to the next thing to get excited about that you might also be disappointed about, but basically just kind of just smear it with, with positivity. And I don't know if that's, I think that that's my kind it's kind of like denial. Like I'm I'm not confronting the disappointment. I'm just like, <laughs> like making it making it not exist that's, anymore. That's powerful. I'm Yeah, but I'm not sure if it's it's necessary. I don't think it's a better way. It's just an, another another thing to do. The disappointment's definitely a reminder that desire is the the root of all suffering <laughs> like you know when you have attachment to things you're going to get disappointed whether it's a relationship or a or a job or a or a, a dollar amount or a <laughs> or just a plan best laid plans on mice and men so I'm going to call this I'm going to call this dazzling disappointments. That's the name of this session. This segment. Shafi, what were you saying? And you know, I don't know. I was, you know, I was going to, you know, talk more about denial and I but I don't know if I I, I don't really have any anything profound to say i was just going to roll things over you know in my mouth well, don't make me go back and, and mind anything please <laughs> you know but i i, I want but i want to speak well, we'll up, i wanted see. to mention something that was rolling around your mouth in the last episode we were talking to rachel schukert about her path to being a writer for tv and how she was a, a theater student and an actor. And you started talking about, I think you were just pontificating on, um, well, you were pontificating on it, but it actually sort of referenced something that we had talked to Jameson Driscoll about, how acting is very immediate and the rewards are immediate and ephemeral, but a, a different work of art that has a little more permanence, like a poem or a painting, you can you can look back at that and 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 feel it again. There's some sort of like concrete value to or substance to that thing in a way that isn't with acting. I I found that I found that interesting. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy I enjoyed your assessment. I. I certainly didn't want to belittle acting, but it's just the satisfaction that takes a very different form. You know, there's yeah, and Jameson had talked about the um, there's <clears throat> the ups and downs of acting and an actor's life. And Rachel had just mentioned yeah, yeah. how writing is great because you don't have to wait for somebody to to cast you in a role you know you can just start writing a role or yeah creating a new story i mean 
you know how excruciating and humiliating a job interview <laughs> is, right? Every day, all uh, day. But, right. But the idea is, you know, the, there you, 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 when you find the perfect job, maybe you'll do that for the next 20 years and you don't have to do that excruciating, humiliating job interview again. This, you know, unless you become a really, really great actor, if, if you spend your life a working actor, you have to do something that's every bit as humiliating and gut-wrenching as a job interview. And you might have to do that 10 times in a year to get your 10 different jobs, you know, that just pay the bills. So, I mean, that's like hats off to actors in that regard. Cause I don't know. I don't know how they, I don't know how they do that. Yeah. That that's, uh-huh. <laughs> that's hard. That segment was called remembering last time. Do you think um, that was our tenth segment? Do you think that we should we should dip our toes into an actual question from Jeff? Oh, Jeff? that sounds so wonderful! It really does, and that would be that would be eleven. That sounds nice. It's like it's like it's like it's like we'd be jumping in a pool right now. A pool of Jello. <laughs> jumping in a, a cool pool of Jeff or Jello. <sighs> Let's see here. We had the uh, midlife crisis one last week. That was so. That was exciting. What was that it was like what? What? It, it, it was a really funny, funnily worded, worded question too. It was like, uh, what? What? Uh, what? What is an interesting midlife crisis that oh, you right. could get into? Right. <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> Like the word, like which midlife crisis sounds really good and interesting to you? <laughs> oh, we talked to Rachel about that. I, I, I haven't listened yeah. to the whole. I haven't listened back to the whole interview yet. Sorry. Right. My yeah, and mine. You know, mine is skateboarding. I did definitely in like not actually skateboarding. It's just having a skateboard and imagining myself skateboarding, even though I'm not doing any skateboarding actually, because that would be really dangerous right now. <laughs> I think that's called erstwhile Earth, boarding. <laughs> but I, but I'm on the old guy skateboarding uh, subreddit, so I can like see. You're like, I'm is working that, on my Ollie. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's like guys trying to Ollie like on their front lawn, you know, so they don't fall over. <laughs> it's really delightful. And and some you know some old guys actually pulling off some like some really nice tricks too. Um, I think you know I'm definitely going to wait until I'm sure that I can do it without you know blowing both my knees out at the same time. Uh, but I you know I can I'm I can see the, the possibility the of me getting there pretty regularly these days. And there's a geezer segment there. I mean, and when I say geezer, I'm nice. people of our age. I'm a. Uh-huh. I'm a geezer, all right. <laughs> Alex, does do does do any of the conventional midlife crises seem particularly fun and like, or interesting I, to I, you? Wait, that's like I've, 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 I've had I've had I've had plenty of them. Um, the only midlife crisis. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite of them? 
um, uh, having a country band. Um, that that was that was that was a good one. That, I thought that, that was, was an early life crisis for you. That was that was that was, a, that, was, that, was that was my favorite. Life, <laughs> um, but you never oh, bought a Corvette. I I I wish I had. You never, you never frosted your tips. <laughs> I love imagining Alex with frosted tips <laughs> and Oakleys. This is called the midlife crisis segment. I love it. Alex, if you feel like singing a song, you should uh, feel free to do the midlife so. Midlife crisis segment is point. confusing because it's, it, it's right in the middle of the show. It's also <laughs> the middle of the show segment. All right, guys. Here's one. I feel like this is, as far as questions from Jeff go, here's a softball. If you could have any other name, what would you choose? I like how we all had to think about that for a few minutes. I uh, I don't I, really. You know, it's very hard for me because I can say it in a minute, but the problem is it's a real person's name, and and and. And yeah. it, it's not even a person that I actually know, like somebody like, you know, I can shout out like, you know, somebody I, you know, that you guys know or something. This is just like somebody, like a, a, a client of a place I worked, you know, but that person had this great like <laughs> name that I thought was like a superhero kind of a name, but I can't, cause that's a real person. Um, so I wish I wish it was because um, I don't want it would like be like eight six seven five three zero nine and there were all these people that were mad because they were like that's my number you jerk you know it's, <laughs> people keep calling and asking for Jenny. It's funny you should say that, Alex. Actually, uh, when I was in college and it was you know when I was just starting to write a lot of poetry and a lot of you know a lot of fiction. Uh, I worked at a right. medical answering service, and one of the doctors that I answered for, his name was Carter Pledger. Carter Pledger. And I thought that that was the, the most distinctive sounding name. And I would use that kind of as my, right. as my nom, nom de guerre. If, if, if a Schaefer-like character would appear in a, in a story or a poem, I, I would give him the name Carter Pledger. But that's not the name I would like to have if I could just change my name. That that name is, we've talked about him on the show before, Equinemius Tristan Imhotep. And I, just, I could keep my, it could be Edmund Schaefer, Equinemius Tristan Imhotep Probably Paul. Odysseus Homer Johnson is but, what uh, I would pick. All right. I, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're 
Now we're peeling off the that, peeling off the onion skin. I don't think the Thanks question you. is about you, Jeff. hyphenating your own name with another name. Like I, I think you're dropping your name and <laughs> and going with something else. <clears throat> okay. Okay. But good answer, anyways. Equi- Equ- Equinemius Tristan Imhotep is still. A, I stand. Name. I stand by it. Mine's pretty. Uh, mine's pretty easy. Uh, I would go with um, Alex Battles. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny you should say that, uh, Matthew. Because when I when I first learned to uh, when I first learned to sing the song "Boy Named Sue," you know the Johnny Cash song. At the end of it, he's like, "If I ever have a son, I'm going to name him Bill or George or John. Any darn thing but Sue." I I didn't do that. If I I said if I ever have a son, I think I'll name him <laughs> Alex Battles. <laughs> Maybe Alex I can just continue on with Larry Wilderness, and I I'll take I'll take A B. Great minds think alike. Larry Wilderness is a great name. Actually, I think we asked you this before, and you didn't answer, Alex. Is Larry Wilderness just something you came up with tonight, or is that yeah, I just, another I just alter ego, a la Gary Ukulele? I was just feeling it. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to. Do we? Did we ever remember the name of, of your uh, Broadway musical producer alter ego that we came up with that one night? <laughs> you and I were out. Uh, you were. You and I were out hitting oh hitting God. the bars for. It was around Christmas time, and we went on. It was like a little special Schaefer and Alex holiday happy hour. <laughs> We went to a bunch of like weird bars, like we'd never that we'd never set oh foot God, in. Otherwise, yeah, we were we like were on fire fancy places over. That was the night <laughs> you you had, had my glasses. glasses on, and I had this crazy scarf on, and we just told everyone we were we were Broadway yeah. producers, and then this this woman immediately like went into like. She went. I'm a triple threat. I can sing. I can dance. I can act. It was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like amazing. It was like, it was the last time in New York anybody anybody actually believed something great could happen was like that night, <laughs> and we ruined it. I. There was one couple too who like they were totally in on our joke, and they were like, we just want to follow you guys around everywhere tonight just to see how this needs to go like they were like it was this old like husband and wife and they had been watching the whole thing unfold and they were like we're coming with you we're just gonna come follow you 10 should, steps behind you and watch all everybody this. should be everybody should be required as soon as they go into joe's pub to assume an alter ego and then like the whole night is everybody figuring out what everybody else is supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> I like it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. No. We're so oh, close man. to seventy-seven, Let's guys. Power through this, guys. We can do only, it. Only sixty. Only three only and a half. Four more. <laughs> uh, we'll go to a lightning. Don't some, quit now. At some point, we'll do a lightning round, and you know. Oh, oh, I have a great segment. Do tell, Alex. Where are we on the hairbrushing song hashtag? 
Oh, um, let's see. This shall be called <laughs> Reviewing Old Promises. Um, I think I'll tell, All right. you, I'll tell you exactly Matthew, where we are, Alex. Just Schaefer and my separate lives, the lives that we are leading separately, are coming at us so fast that we really only have time to do the podcast and no time to prep for or follow up on any promises that we've made in the past. And uh, particularly not in our, um, our fake fantasy that lives. Song, <laughs> that song is very real, but it did engender uh, a whole uh, fantasy section of the show, which is... Listen, guys, I'm looking at you right now. Alex is in front of a keyboard... Matthew, just sing the first bars of the song All right. and I'm see what Alex, the, no, what Alex. No, Alex, don't try to play along. On the keyboard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing the song, and sure. I want you to, I want you to take it and do an arrangement for us. Here's what's gonna happen with hairbrushing songs. We're gonna sort it out right now. Okay, great. Now, just a reminder: the these are of it. This, these are songs that I wrote for my kids when they were small, uh, babies. Right. Uh, up through sure. toddler and I would sing them silly songs and this was one that I wrote for my daughter and it's my first and and only nah, I don't think only but it's my first country song it's called the hairbrushing song and it goes a little something like this dada's super gentle when he's brushing out your hair he gonna take it easy that's how you know he really cares He's gonna bust up them tangles in a way that doesn't hurt. And we always say, excuse me, after all our toots and burps. This is a song about brushing out your hair. This is a song to let them know that you really care. This is a song, this is a song about how it ain't gonna hurt. We always say, excuse me, after all our toots and burps. Boom, boom, boom. Mama gonna come and brush you too hard. Send me out into the front yard. Daddy comes in with a gentle brush and stroke. Send me good night and tell me good night. And always remind me to be polite. And always remember to say, excuse me, whenever that I toot. Well, that's the hairbrushing song. <laughs> it's it's just it's, it's just one it's one verse Bravo. and then sort Bravo. of a weird like bluegrass bridge and um i i i can't believe that anybody listened to this podcast all the way through till we finally got to the hairbrushing song so i feel like it's 1995 Tarzana, california like the wind in again. our hair the toddlers and and their parents just sprawled out across that great lawn Bustle of families, cool Pacific in the wind. Oh, wait, maybe that was the acid. <laughs> oh man, maybe it was the warm the smell of colitas. Over had overcome us on stage. You'd be surprised how really <laughs> fucked up a lot of uh, a lot of, full, hey. of children's folks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. saying it was the nineties, am I right? On those, on those, um, you know. Substances. Taking those candy flips. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, where do we go from there? Just. It's really. Just to remind everybody where we've been. Tonight we did Yield Word Shop. 
we did Q for the J. We did Cephalopod Tag. We did Nobody Cares. We did Obscure <laughs> Obscure Reference Theater. We did the Ferguson Files. We did Stupid Wars. Next up, Bay of Pigs. We did That's What She Said. We did Dazzling Disappointment. We did Remembering Last Time. We did Q from the Jello. We did Midlife Crisis Segment. We did Name Specifics. We did Reviewing Old Promises. And we did Fantasy Lives. Fantasy Lives, baby. Uh, you know, Alec, uh, I mean, uh, Matthew, do you want to, or maybe Alex wants to sing a song, or uh, do you want to take us out with a dream from Matthias? Or uh, I can find a poem, too. Did we, we read did. a Lawrence Frelinghetti poem? Um, I don't okay. have anything prepared. <laughs> Sorry, I was being called away by people that live at my house. Small, small, small people. No wor no worries, my I friend. I think Alex should sing us a song for our closing track. If he feels like it. If not, I can do another Ferlinghetti poem. Definitely do both. Do a Ferlinghetti poem. Okay, I'll read a Ferlinghetti poem while you think of a song. Alex, sound good? Ferlinghetti, living to 101. I just think that's so cool. Uh, so here's, here's to you, Mr. Ferlinghetti, wherever you might be. Uh, this is a Coney Island of the Mind, number 13. Not like Dante discovering a commedia upon the slopes of heaven, I would paint a different kind of paradiso in which the people would be naked as they always are in scenes like that because it's supposed to be a painting of their souls. But there would be no anxious angels telling them how heaven is, the perfect picture of a monarchy, and there would be no fires burning in the hellish holes below in which I might have stepped, nor any altars in the sky except fountains of imagination. Holy shimoli. I love that. I hope that he's up there in one of those. I hope he's up there bathing naked in one of those imagination like fountains. Podcast? Yeah, yeah. A naked imagination fountain? Yes. Yeah. What a special episode it's been, episode 77, here with our sensei, producer, am I right, as Alex Battles. With, with the guy who does everything, Alex Battles. I thought, I thought he was about to start One singing. One magical hour. A Matthew and Schaefer. Podcast spectacular. Unfolding. Organically. Yeah.
they move the goalposts. Sometimes there's a quiz for the casting of pies. One magical hour. I'm Matthew and Schaefer. Podcast Spectacular. God, that was fantastic. That reminded me of the WKRP in Cincinnati theme. <laughs> I mean, it was just that timeless. Alex, do you know what it? Do you know what it reminded me of? I bet you can guess. Uh, no. What did it remind you of? It reminded me a little bit of Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Look tonight. That's our closing track. When we do our sign-off here in a minute, we're going to play that again. So <laughs> you're welcome, Hunter Gatherers. You're welcome. Here's to Alex, you. Alex, I love you, buddy. Love you, I, too. I, I can't wait to hug you we're in the announced, after time. We're announcing in the afteration. You guys coined the phrase. You got to use okay. it. All right. After it. Send the hoodie. Can't wait. To- Gilmore. <laughs> Here's to the afteration. Yeah. I love you boys too. I love you, one magical universe. I would just want to say that the poor of the choices, the sweet of the wine. he was about to start One singing. magical hour. A Matthew and Schaefer. Podcast spectacular. Unfolding. Organically. They move the goalposts. Sometimes there's a quiz for the casting of pies. One magical hour. A Matthew and Schaefer. Podcast.